Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fancy Scientist podcast. This week on the podcast, we're still pretty new into the new year, about the end of January, and I am going to talk about the importance of having a vision. For the longest time, I did have certain goals, but they were either pretty obvious or pretty short term, and I didn't have an overall vision. So when it came to graduating and then looking for a job, I quite honestly felt lost. And I know I am not alone. I talk to a lot of graduates, a lot of students, and so many of them feel lost. Today, we're going to go deeper than just goal setting, although I am going to talk about goals. And we're going to talk about what I mean when I talk about vision, how I created my vision, some questions that I use to help define my vision, and just how important vision has been for me in terms of letting me get things done enjoy my life, feeling accomplished, feeling productive, and really working on the things that matter to me and my career. So let's not hesitate anymore, but actually I do want to say no matter where you are when you're listening to this podcast, if it's January, if it's August, you can start. So don't wait for the new year. Get started today. Okay, let's talk about how to create a vision for yourself. Welcome to the Fancy Scientist podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Shuttler, an unconventional wildlife biologist who never fit the scientist stereotype. In this podcast, I share with you my insights as a scientist and offer you real talk on wildlife research, conservation, and advice on this unusual career. Being a wildlife biologist is not what you think it is. Join me to learn what science is really like and how to become the best version of yourself so you can thrive, effectively conserve nature, and enjoy this beautiful life we share with so many other beings. Let's get started. Several years ago, I really changed how I went about my life. I enrolled in several self-development courses, personal growth courses, and they really have changed me so much. And one common thing that I learned from all of these is to set a vision for myself. Having a vision is so, so important. And if you read biographies or autobiographies of really successful people, athletes, they all have a vision. So if you don't know where you're going, how will you know when you get there? That's really one important aspect of having a vision. And you'll always feel lost if you don't have a vision. So like I mentioned in the introduction, when I was going through grad school, I had the goal of graduating, obviously. I wanted to get my PhD. But beyond that, I didn't really have a plan except for to get a job. 
And the job that I wanted to get was incredibly vague. I would always say something like something in conservation or outreach. I wanted I would I wanted an, a combination between outreach and research. And I would say it doesn't matter whether it's in a nonprofit, whether it's in the government or museum or zoo. If you're watching, you can see, if you're watching YouTube, you can see my dogs in the background. Every time I talk, they start playing. So like if you listen to this podcast regularly, you'll hear them. I'm sorry about that, but there's nothing I can do. If I put them outside, they'll bark. Okay, back to having a vision for yourself. And I actually remember when I would go for job interviews that they would ask me about my five to 10 year vision. And I don't remember what I said. I'm sure it was something more intelligent than this, but I really didn't have one. And if you're a PhD, if you're going to do research at all, I didn't, I didn't learn this until later on, but it's really important to have not only a vision for your life, but for your, or for your research career. That's something that I wasn't taught how to do and that I didn't know I was supposed to do. So really, your PhD work, the idea of it is it's supposed to carry you throughout the rest of your professional life. That's why choosing a PhD project is so important because the tools that you learn there move you forward in your research career. The people, my friends and my colleagues who are professors now, they are all building upon their PhD research. So it's really important to think about your vision early on or really any time in your life. I would therefore say that I wanted something in conservation, something related to wildlife, working in research, but I didn't know what that job would look like exactly. And so my strategy was to apply for jobs and then let the job choose me. So of course I wanted the jobs I applied for and I tried hard to get them and I got interviews and stuff like that, but I applied for all different kinds of jobs. I applied for obviously research positions. I applied for a lot of education and outreach positions. I applied for jobs in communications. I applied for jobs, sorry, I got a hair. I applied for jobs like a diversity outreach or diversity coordinator. So really, they require different skill sets. Going from outreach and education to communication is honestly really different, even though on the surface they wouldn't seem that different. And of course, research is really different from all of those. So I never had a solid plan. And also, I was depending on the job to lead me to the next thing. And that's kind of the way I had always gone in my career. Where, I mean, I definitely would sit down and think about what I wanted to do, but I would more or less let the experiences choose me, meaning that I would get the experience and then I felt that having the experience would help me decide exactly what I wanted to do later in my career. And there are so many students who think this is what is going to happen and graduates as well. They think they're going to get their first job or their internships and then that's going to give them some clarity. 
But if you think about it, if you think about all the different job types out there, so I mentioned a few like communications, education, research, there's more. If you mention, if you think about all the different job workplaces, there's government, nonprofits, there's private, consulting, and all of those different combinations combined, or yeah, all the different combinations and then combined with your, your research area of focus, so that can be either methods related, for example, satellite telemetry or genetics, or it can be more focused on the ecosystem or the species, such as such as you know, primate behavior or carnivore ecology. And having all of those together and putting them in different combinations, it is a thousand, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of combinations when you get down to how nuanced they are. And if you haven't listened to this podcast before, let me remind you that just because you say you're going to be a wildlife biologist, that doesn't look the same across organizations and institutions. A wildlife biologist working for the federal government can look really different. And actually, it, it, it is really different than working for the state government. So even though on the surface it might seem like semantics, like, okay, I'm working for the state government versus the federal government, even if you're working on the same system or species like carnivores, the duties and responsibilities of that job would be totally different, and therefore the jobs would be totally different. So if you use this approach of using these experiences, using these jobs to let yourself make these choices about your future, you are really relying a lot on chance. Of course, you play some role in this, that um, you are obviously applying for the jobs and you're doing well in the interviews, so you're getting those jobs, but you're you're all over the spectrum. You're kind of, it's kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall. You're trying a bunch of different things and you're going to see what sticks. You're not being really intentional with your strategy or strategic. So that is where vision comes in. And another thing is that when I finally got my permanent job or full-time job, what if you weren't happy in it? What if you thought that this is what you wanted and you know you just like your career just led you up to this path but then when you're in it you're like okay I don't I don't really like this and I don't really want this so thinking about your vision ahead of time lets you consider those different scenarios and plan more effectively based on what your true passions and desires are in life okay I've learned that creating a vision is essential to my excess. It allows me to plan my future and it allows me to see my future. One of the things that makes us human beings happy is progress. If you think about reaching a goal, once you get to the goal, like like we'll use my PhD for, for an example, it was a huge goal. It was something that I worked for for six and a half years. So you would think when I accomplished that, that I would be incredibly excited. And I was. I was super happy. But how long does that excitement last for? How much? How long does that happiness last for? And actually, I saw a tweet on this or maybe an Instagram story on this the other day. 
about somebody talking about kind of like the depression that sets in after you get a PhD. And this also happens to people who are really um, accomplished in life, like like astronauts and Olympic gold medalists, where they their lives have been building up to this moment. And then once they get that thing, once they go on the moon, once they win the gold medal, it's like, what's next? At least with a PhD, there are more things we can do. We can get our next job. We can apply for grants. Um, we can, of course, write all of these papers. But when it comes to the Olympics and going to the moon, there's there's not much farther that you can, can, can go. We can't go to Mars just yet, and there's no gold medal beyond there's no other metal beyond gold so the point of the story is that it's really about the the process that makes us happy and the journey on the way to the goal and progress that makes us happy not process I should say progress so the fact that we are accomplishing things so if you think about if you have if your if if your goal is to lose a hundred pounds at each ten pound mark you're going to feel good about the achievement that you've made because you're making progress. So human beings, we need progress. We need to be working towards something to make ourselves happy. So with the PhD, it was like, okay, now I have my PhD and now what? I was just waiting for that job and I didn't know what that job was looking like. I didn't know exactly where I wanted to go. So I really felt lost and I I felt like I wasn't, I mean, I did feel like I was progressing, but I didn't quite know what for. Like I just did what I was supposed to do as kind of as a graduate student or as a scientist. I was working on writing manuscripts, writing data or (laughs) writing papers, analyzing data. And depending on the job that I would apply for, this would be maybe important, maybe not. In lots of jobs, they don't necessarily care about your publications. It's really the professor jobs and the more hardcore research jobs, the more more straight research jobs that care about your, your publication. But once I got a vision for myself, this really changed everything. It really increased my happiness a lot. It really gave me direction in life. It enhanced my purpose in life. It helped me understand myself better. So now I'm going to talk to you about how I set myself a vision, what the tools that I use, and how you can do the same thing for yourself. So I I work on an overall big vision and for that I have my journal and I'm going to flip through it. I already filled up half this journal and I think I started this, let me see, July of last year. So this is only about, I put pictures in here too, this is only about six months. So in other words, I journal a lot and I spend a lot of time thinking about this stuff. And then with the new year, I also set a 12-month vision. I imagine myself at the end of, so we're in 2022, I would imagine myself at the end of December 20, 31st. Yeah, there's 31 dates in December. 
where where do I want to be? What do I want my life to look like at that point? And if we don't think about that, this is this is something that a lot of people do. They don't think about that and they're in the same place that they were the year before. So going back to the weight loss example, so many people are trying to lose the same freaking 10 pounds and it's time, when is it, or when is it time to stop working on that and to finally do that? And the same can be true of, of wildlife jobs. How many years have you been trying to get a job in wildlife or trying to get that permanent position? Do you really want to waste another year of your life working towards that or do you want to to get it? So in order to get different results, you have to do something different. You can't go in with you you can't go in with the same mindset. The same mindset that caused the problem is not going to solve the problem. It's not just a matter of time. It's not just a matter of applying for more jobs. It's it's not just a matter of keeping at it. You've got to change something. So this is where the vision comes in. So I plan out my vision for the year. I also do that in, in my journal. And then something else I use is the Best Self Journal. You've heard me talk about this a lot. I just have a new one that I'm working on. And I love the Best Self Journal because when we have a year, it can seem really overwhelming, like a really long period of time. And it also can give us a sense that we have a lot of time. So if you're trying to lose, let's say, those 10 pounds, and if you have a three-month planner like the Best Self Journal, maybe your plan is to lose a pound a week. And therefore, at the end of the 13 weeks, you will have lost 10 pounds, plus you have three extra weeks to buffer with. But if you're trying to lose 10 pounds over the year, you might blow off the first six months, the first even nine months, and then be like, crap, I want to lose those those 10 pounds before January 1 rolls around. And then you kind of run out of time and panic. So not only does it like squeeze your goals into different time frames, but you can get more done. So if I were to use the best self journal and to do my 10 pound goal in the first quarter, the next quarter, I have room to make a new goal. So for those of you who don't know the best self planner, it is a planner you can start at any time and it works on three month increments. The And like I said, a year is really overwhelming and seems big, but three months is long enough to accomplish something that is really going to have a change in your life. But it's not so long that it seems really far off. So I've been using the, the Best Self uh, Journal since uh, 2020 when I started writing my book and it was super helpful in my, writing my book. I loved it. You can check out my YouTube. I have a video on the Best Self Journal and I have been using it ever since. And like I said, I just love it. And okay, so the overall vision helps me understand the big picture, what I really want in life, and then obviously the year and the three months help me break it down into more manageable chunks. Okay, so how did I know what my vision was? Certainly when I was in my PhD, I thought about what I wanted to do in my life, but how did I decide what it was going to be, what did, what did I, like how did I finally come to that decision of me doing what I want to do now? So 
So some of the things, I mean, I did a lot, a lot of things, but some of the things that I did was ask myself important questions. And as I mentioned, I took several courses that really worked on changing my psychology, like really literally working on rewiring my brain's neural networks to think the thoughts that I wanted to think to empower my. And as I mentioned, as part of those courses, we were encouraged to ask ourselves questions. So I am going to share with you now some of the questions that I asked myself that were really helpful in understanding my vision. These are just several of them. And I take my students in the Successful Wildlife Mentoring Program, I also take them through these exercises with additional questions as well. A great question that I love is, if I had a billion dollars, what would I do with my life? What would I do with my time? Since making money is no longer necessary, what would my life's purpose be? And I want you to think about this question if you're answering it. And um, I'm going to make a PDF with these questions as well. So you can head over to fancyscientist.com and go to this blog post page so that you can get a copy of this PDF. So, you, so if you're driving or something or walking your dogs while listening to this podcast, you can get the questions. And I, I don't want you to get caught up too much on the money. This isn't like, oh, I would donate a million to this charity and I would donate a million to that charity. And I know as wildlife biologists, we probably have a lot of our, our life purpose figured out because let's be honest, wildlife biologists aren't doing it for the money. We're doing it because we love it. But the idea is that you're removing limitations and you're doing what you really want to do. And a billion dollars is so much money that you can do whatever you want to do. People think they are going to travel and lay on the beach. And you absolutely would do that. I would do that too. But honestly, that would get boring. If you think about laying on the beach every single day for the rest of your life, it would be so boring. It really would. It wouldn't, you need some sort of purpose. And there's studies of people who are happy or all around the world, all different cultures, all different countries. And, the, and one of the things that makes people happy is having a purpose. And the purpose can be as simple as, I remember reading this article about a man in Japan. And his purpose was, I think it was clams. He was a diver and he dove for clams every day. He loved his job and he did it every day with enthusiasm and excitement. Like that was his life's purpose. So it doesn't have to be some, some really... Um, heroic type of activity although in conservation we tend to be we tend to be um, like that we're doing it for the greater good but anyway thinking about this question really helped me decide what I want to do with my life and don't put any limitations on it in other words if like when people tell me they want to work on primates I say primates are really competitive or they'll say something to me Like what's like the least competitive species to work with or is this competitive? Don't let that limit you. Really do what you want to do because if you really want to do it, you can totally make it happen. The next question is, what does the most successful version of myself look like? What does she think, do, how does she behave, what does she have? 
And this is really important. This is using something called the DILTS model. And what it is, is you think about the outcome that you want in advance. So it's kind of like working from the end. I believe Stephen Covey says that in his book, his habit book. I forget what his habit book is titled, but I think it's like the, the seven effective, seven habits of effective people or something like that. But, but you don't want to think about like, what do I need to do? You want to think about who you, who you are and who you have to be. So like, what is your identity? That's the really important thing. And since I established my identity, I really journal every single day with who I am. So your identity might be something like, I'm a scientist. So what do scientists think? What are the thoughts that are going through the ha- their head? And it all starts with the identity level first, and then it goes down to thoughts. Your thoughts lead to your behaviors, your behaviors lead to your actions, and your actions lead to your results. So if you can work with that way, then even when you don't feel like it, you're still going to do it. So again, I'm using our weight loss example. It's really easy because it's really measurable, tangible. If you start with your environment and get rid of all the 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 food that's not good for you or that hasn't served you in the past, your if you keep your identity as it is now, you're going to come to a breaking point and then you're going to buy the food again or you're going to go through the fast food place through the drive through But if you change your identity to being, I am a healthy, fit person who cares about my body and what I put in my body, I put nourishing foods in my body, then no matter what happens, when it gets hard, you're going to be more dedicated to the actions that will give you that result. So you want to think about changing on the identity level. The next question is, what is my ideal job? There, I don't give myself any limitations here, even if I can't name it or if I don't even know if it's a real job or it exists. I, I write down what would I be doing on a daily basis? What would I experience on a daily basis? How would I want to feel? Who would I be working with? What kinds of people? Or would I be working alone? So just taking some time to journal on that and figuring out what your ideal job is like. This is another really good question, this next question, because I, I felt like so often in science there was like one, one correct path, and this is not true at all, but people tried to push us into research. In other words, if you were to take a job in communications, if you were to take a job in education, it was kind of seen as a failure, like you were leaving science and you were leaving research, which again is not true. So this is a really great question to ask yourself. And that actually is still something that I struggle with because I am still involved with research, but research really makes up a minor part of my life right now. So if nobody's opinion mattered and nothing bad would happen to me or anyone that I knew, what kind of life would I create? In other words, you don't care what other people think. What would you do? This is another great question. This is the last one. If all areas of my life were a 10 out of 10, what would they look like? So I jot this down for the major areas of my life, which include career, finances, relationships. This includes your love relationships. This includes your family, your friends, 
health, your environment. So like what does your home look like? Where do you live? And then personal growth. Are you reading books every day? Are you journaling every day? Are you meditating? Things like that. And you can also add spirituality or religion in there if if that appeals to you as well. So these questions, they really helped me understand what I wanted out of my life. And it, it, was, it was so helpful for me because, as I mentioned, in grad school, people tried to push this vision on me, and I wasn't always sure if that vision was right for me. And in fact, the most common vision of becoming a professor, I knew that wasn't right for me. I knew that from the beginning. So luckily I was I was in touch with myself to to know that that's what I I didn't really want. And I also want you to not freak out about getting the perfect vision. You can change your vision at any time. And that's another great thing about the three-month planners is that you are constantly evaluating your vision every quarter. So you have the opportunity. And and then the best self-journals, actually, I just posted a video to Instagram the other day to add a fancy underscore scientist um, of a reel of me filling out my next best planner. And when I was doing that reel, I actually forgot that I needed to first finish my my planner and evaluate what things were working for me and what things didn't work for me. Sorry, I'm laughing. I can see my dogs in the video and I'm laughing at them. And so so I'm you're constantly assessing yourself and and seeing how things are. And if you don't meet your goals, it's okay. For my book, I didn't meet my goal. I think it took me two more planners than I anticipated to meet my goals. And that's okay because we're all just trying to figure out how long it takes us to get things done. I've I've never written a book before, so I had no idea how long it would take me. And it's more about what you learn about yourself and how you work and how you get things done during that process and what works for you and doesn't work for you than it is I made the goal on. It's more about growing as a person. And then finally, the last part about having a vision is that you actually visualize yourself. I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but visualization is so important for the brain and for making your goals happen. And this is because when you visualize yourself accomplishing something, you trick your brain into thinking that it's already happened, which makes it easier for you to accomplish. So an example of this would be dreaming. When you wake up from a dream or while you're dreaming, you really believe that it's true. You don't question yourself. You believe that that's happening to you. And it's only when you wake up that you start to realize that, oh, okay, that wasn't reality. So when you believe that something is possible for you and that you've already done it, it helps overcome a lot of the mental barriers that exist when accomplishing a goal. There's this really common example of the four-minute mile. Before the four-minute mile, runners and professionals thought it was impossible to run in four minutes or under five, I guess under five minutes or under four minutes, I'm not sure. But the point of the story is like nobody had ever done it in the history of time. And then one person did it. And then that year, it was something like 12 more people did it. And it's because the belief, the belief that you could do it had 
had been created. Before it was unbelievable, and now it was believable. So if you can actually take the time to visualize yourself accomplishing it, and this is especially important first thing in the morning or late at night right before you go to bed because you are in the most receptive state. It has to do with your brain and the brain waves going on at that time, but you're in the most receptive state to, um, to take in information. So it's most effective when you do it at these two times and literally just lay in bed and and visualize yourself accomplishing the goals that you want to accomplish. So I do this by focusing on three different areas, and that's what the Best Self Journal recommends, is that you do three areas at a time. So right now, my vision is focused on, there's a health vision, there's a career slash financial vision, and there is a science vision. I have not worked on my manuscripts really since like 2020. And I have a bunch of papers and a bunch of research projects that I want to finish up. So I added them back to my vision. So no matter where you are, no matter what time of the year you are listening to this, it is not too late to create your vision. Start now. Again, head over to fancyscientist.com and download the PDF so you can get these questions and get started working on them and journaling. And write to me. I would love to hear what your vision is. You can send me a DM on Instagram. You can post it in the Getting a Job in Wildlife Biology Facebook group. You can send me an email at stephanie at fancyscientist.com. I hope you have a great day, and I hope your vision comes true. Bye. Are you an aspiring or struggling wildlife biologist, ecologist, conservation biologist, or anyone interested in a career with wildlife? Join our community, the Getting a Job in Wildlife Biology Facebook group. Based on my book, Getting a Job in Wildlife Biology, What It's Like and What You Need to Know, this Facebook group is designed to connect, support, and inspire future and current wildlife professionals or those who can't get a job. Come for daily affirmations to lead you to career success, job postings, and profiles of professionals in cool jobs. If you're struggling, feel stuck, lost, confused, or are just worried about this career, reach out to me at stephanie at fancyscientist.com to schedule a free clarity call. I've talked to over 100 aspiring wildlife professionals and those struggling to get a job, and they've told me what I also experienced. Degrees alone do not prepare you for wildlife careers. You need the right combination of experience, education, network, and skills to land the job you want. You also need to be able to convey that on a job application and sell yourself to the employer. I've looked at over 100 cover letters and interviewed graduates. I can tell you for sure they are selling themselves short, not listing all of their expertise and not marketing themselves effectively. I've talked to potential students who have dynamic personalities and sound so knowledgeable and experienced in person, but when I look at their resumes or CVs, none of that is reflected. If what you have been doing is not working, it's not all of a sudden going to start working. It's time to make a change. If you want to get your dream job in the fastest way possible, schedule a Zoom meeting with me today. 
no matter what stage of your career you are at, from high school student to graduate searching for jobs, I can help you. It is never too early or late to start. If this episode helped you or someone you know, make sure to tag me on Instagram at fancy scientist, at fancy underscore scientist, and share this podcast with your community to continue spreading the word and reach more people. Also, be sure to leave a review on iTunes to receive extra positive vibes and love from me. Plus, you'll be helping me reach even more people with this important message. Thank you so much for listening.